Welcome to the Legally Bliss podcast. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, dress at the office, balance our families with work, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys and how they've proactively chosen to do career and life differently. The ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms and not what society or big law has prescribed for them. We'll learn from these women how to deeply question the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated to inspire you. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hey there, and welcome to Legally Bliss Conversations Conference Room, which is a regular roundtable where women lawyers get together to discuss subject matters that we think will really help our audiences better navigate life and law. And today we're talking about how we integrate creativity into our lives to make us better lawyers, better business women, and just most important, better humans. My name is Susie Hickson, and I'm a trademark attorney and the founder of the Legally Bliss community. After having practiced law for about 20 years in both big law and now having my own law firm, I've worked with a lot of lawyers and I have many women lawyer friends. I've learned that while women lawyers are incredible advocates for others, they seem to not always be great self-advocates. Hence, Legally Bliss was developed to give female lawyers a platform to network and collaborate and support each other, all while learning and integrating the Bliss method to become more fierce and powerful advocates, not just for themselves, but also for each other. Bliss is actually an acronym for boundary setting, leveraging legal tech and AI, integrating creativity, self-confidence, and seeking support and community which is exactly what Legally Bliss does. Today, I'm super excited to discuss with these um, fellow brilliant and badass um, community members about how they integrate creativity in their lives. So let's welcome them today. We have Claire Parsons, Christine Vartanian, Vartanian Megan Smiley, and Erin Gurner. So let's kind of go the opposite of alphabetical order. Let's start with Christine Vartanian. If you just tell us, um, a little bit about yourself and what you're working on. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here today, Susie. I am so incredibly honored to be part of this community and to be featured on your um, your show today. I am a uh, an attorney, but I am an attorney who hasn't practiced for 25 years, although I stay active. Um, and I was uh, an engineer, then an attorney, and then I now am an image consultant. I have a, my company is Jade House of Style, and Jade House of Style is a full service image and brand styling company. So with Jade, we do, we, in this house, we do so many things to uplevel the image of an entrepreneur from the wardrobe to the way they show up on camera, to the sets that they sit in when they're on camera, to really logo design and, and really branding in general. So um, it is a very creative industry. 
And I am just, uh, I can't wait to dig deep into the creative realm. And um, I also have a podcast called Waste Up Wardrobe. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of little details in there too that we can explore. Thank you so much for being here, Christine. So uh, let's see, okay, opposite alphabetical order. Megan, you're next, <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, I think so, yep. <laughs> if alphabet memory serves. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm Megan Smiley. I'm currently a life and business coach, but I was a corporate lawyer for a number of years. I then worked in a law school as the director of international programs for almost a decade, at which point my sort of creative bug started to really um, take over. <laughs> and I, I felt this overwhelming I wasn't quite sure what it was, but it was literally to create something. So I started a travel blog. I started a podcast, which is still available, The Lawyer's Escape Pod, talking to people who've left the practice. Um, I then started an interior design business, which I yeah, um, and have then since pivoted into helping other lawyers, particularly what I call my closet creatives, um, lean into that and design heart-centered creative businesses as a transition out of law. Wow, this is like perfect subject matter um, <laughs> for you to, to, to speak about. So thank you yeah. so much for being here. I can't wait to kind of tap into your genius. Let's see, Claire, another one of my like amazingly creative <laughs> friends. Yeah, like accidentally, um, totally accidentally <laughs> and unplanned. Um, so hi, I'm Claire Parsons. I am an attorney. I still practice uh, my office. I'm in downtown Cincinnati right now. Um, I practice in Kentucky and Ohio doing employment and labor uh, litigation and local government law. Um, and I've done that for most of my practice. Um, and I actually changed firms last year. And in the process of doing that, I wrote my first book called How to Be a Badass Lawyer. Um, I am also the founder of the Brilliant Legal Mind blog that I started in 2020. And we're approaching, I think, 120 posts or something like that now. Um, and I'm a mindfulness and compassion teacher. And I have right beside me as well, my first children's book. This is a proof copy of Mommy Needs a Minute, which um, is a children's book that happened because I wrote a silly poem um, uh, last year. And I happen to have a friend who draws pictures and another friend who helps people turn books, uh, actually get book, books published. So uh, I'm fortunate that that's going to be coming out in a, a few weeks. So I love creativity. It's changed my life. Um, and I highly encourage anyone to, to jump in and get started with it. Yeah. Will you just briefly tell us what Mommy Needs a Minute is about? Um, it is about uh, a mommy needing a minute. And really, it's about, it's about, uh, so I, I, I have, when I talk about mindfulness, the first thing people say is that they never have time and things like that, or they can't get their kids to be quiet. So this book is about a mom who's asking her kids to give her a minute because she's had a long day at work and she just wants to take some time to, to rest and meditate. And the little kids don't want to let that happen. So um, she sort of negotiates with them uh, to give her some time. And then you kind of, we do, see, one thing in the book that I added, if I can find a page, is the battery getting recharged at the bottom of the page um, to show kids that like, right here, the battery, yeah, or, um, the battery right here. This, so, this is where I am. Like, it, and that yeah. might be relatable to children of this era, right? Well, they, we def they definitely yes. know it. This yeah. is amazing. That's the idea, yeah. And my, my dachshund's in it too, my mini dachshund. So that's awesome. Yeah. 
You know, I don't have children, um, but I do have a very wild um, uh, miniature um, Australian Shepherd. And when she, when I come home from work, like she just gets very excited to see me. And sometimes I'm just like thinking like, you know, I need to decompress a little bit here before I'm ready for her. So maybe your next book can be something like for dog. <laughs> so, yeah. But thank you so much, Claire, for being here. I'm so excited to dig into your very creative brain um, today. So, and Aaron, I, let's, let's hear about you. I know you've got some amazing things going on. One of my um, creative geniuses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll receive that today. I like you, it. You don't, like, you don't realize it. Like you don't, that, like you don't appreciate like where, like your own creativity. I don't think as much as the world can perceive it and appreciate it. So that is true, especially since y'all witnessed how clunky it was for me to get on here. So in like in true creativity. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to do this with you guys. Um, I just love this community. I love Legally Bliss. I love what you were doing. Community is a huge part of my platform and my mission. Um, I'm Erin Gurner. I live right outside of Dallas, Texas. I'm also a mom. Um, I practiced law for about seven years and left to stay home um, with my kiddos for, I've probably been out of the practice of law as long as I was in it at this point. Um, but along that journey, it was very much a a journey of self-discovery. Who was I outside of being a lawyer? What did I want my life to look like? Um, really just taking stock of you get to a certain point and like, okay, well, I, I don't want to stop working. What What's next? How, how do I want this to look? How do I want this to feel? And that was really unraveling a lot of these legal narratives and just, you know, stories that I had been telling myself over time. And through that, I met a coach, then really just decided to coach myself. I'd been doing my entire life. I just hadn't really even realized it. And I didn't even know this was a thing, which is why I'm so passionate about just speaking to attorneys, leaning into attorneys and just letting them know that there's a different, better way, one that I wish I had had. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm a life coach and I help women align their career um, with their values and their priorities I'm also a huge advocate for community um, just among women in the law, something that, again, I did not have. Um, my only mentor in the law was a male. He was fantastic. Um, but there was just no camaraderie with women and community and connection. And I truly believe in my personal experience in building my own business and brand has been when you lean into your network, when you lean into your community and you form true relationships, not only does that help you scale your business faster because you're putting yourself in rooms with people who are showing you what's possible, telling you how they got there faster, but it's enriching the hell out of your life, like changing your life to be leveling up with women who want the same things as you. And then to just build a foundational community just to help everyone win. Um, so I'm actually hosting my first retreat here in about T minus three weeks. I'm so excited. Yay! <laughs> part of it, Susie, I've got some great swag um, for you that I'm so excited to share. And yes, I just tickled to death. I um, just created this. It didn't even exist until it just was dropped in my lap. I've thought I've wanted a retreat and I just had this vision of like, gosh, what, what if this existed and then it didn't? And so I created it and here we are. So I don't know if that's creative or just taking messy action or a combination of both, but I'm so excited to be here and with these fellow women and just hear about you guys and all the things. So thank you for having me. 
thank you so much for being here. So the thing that, like the common theme that I'm seeing here with, with all four of you is that you all created a thing out of nothing, right? And I think that that's kind of the beauty of being an entrepreneur. And Claire, even though like you're still in practice, you're, you still have a blog, right? Like brilliant legal mind and your, and your books. Is that, is that a separate business that you're running yeah, so that's separate from my firm. Uh, and people right. ask me how I make time for it all the time. And the reality is that I, I find that the extra energy I get from being able to use a different part of my brain and personality kind of helps me go back in and, you know, negotiate a labor contract or go to court and litigate a case. Um, but I've also experienced that it's actually helped my law practice. Um, my former firm was never got in the way or tried to get me to stop, but they just didn't really care about any of the things that I did. My current firm is much more receptive. And actually, when I changed firms, I told them that I uh, wanted I needed some time, a few weeks to kind of recover from the switch, but that I also was planning to write a book. And I thought it would be a great time to do it during that time um, because it would just make me focus on something else. Um, and they did not laugh at me. They were really supportive um, and they've been really helpful. So, and I have found that all of those things kind of give me relationships with people and opportunities that I wouldn't otherwise get. And that supports my law practice. So it's not been the case that it's really been a, com a competition. Sometimes it is for my calendar, um, but I figure that out. And obviously my law practice takes precedent, but like it, it really hasn't been a thing where they've been competing. They've actually been much more symbiotic and, you know, a, a good relationship um, on both accounts. So you said that law, your creativity, like getting to kind of exercise the right side of your brain helps you be a better lawyer. So can, can you talk a little bit about that, Claire? Well, I think from from one standpoint, my training in mindfulness and understanding of compassion has made me just a much more confident advocate because I have started to learn and really understand that when I am afraid or feel anger or feel any of those really emotions that sometimes we lawyers can judge and want to run away from, um, I've learned how to, to really navigate those very skillfully. And so that has helped me just be much more confident in dealing with anything in my litigation practice or um, in dealing with any kind of marketing efforts or if I have to go interview or pitch for a new client or something like that, it's made me a more effective networker. But being able to write and get ideas out of my brain is just a good thing for me because I tend to be an overthinker. Um, but also being able to share parts of myself and stories from my life where I can show who I am, um, that's been really good too. Um, and sometimes when you're a lawyer, you can get too much in the mode of showing up and being super professional and you can not let people know who you are. And if they don't know who you are, they don't trust you. And if they don't trust you, they're not gonna call you to be their lawyer. So there's, there's so many ways um, that, that it's been beneficial that it's almost hard for me to count. I love that. So when's the next book? <laughs> No pressure. Well, yeah. Well, actually, I might have a professional book coming um, on the way, but I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm still working out the details on that. But I actually might have a law book coming. Uh, I may have one on confidence slash self compassion because I have fifteen thousand words from my old book that I didn't, my first book that I didn't actually use. So I, more books are going to be coming from me. That's that's for sure. 
I love it. And that's something that we're going to be talking about a lot next month um, in the community is self-confidence. So um, let's go to Aaron. I um, think it's so beautiful how you create, like you had this vision of creating a thing, right? It's very similar to how Claire was with her book. Like she kind of put it out there in the world on one of uh, my very first podcasts. And, you know, now she, she's got two books out there. So I think it's really cool how, you know, we kind of speak things into the world that don't exist and then we create it. So I would love to hear a little bit about kind of what prompted you to create your, the, uh, the retreat that you have coming up. So I have always just, I, I just love people. I love community and I love I think actually, and I will back, actually back up. So a little bit about my background that I didn't share when I was introducing myself. So in between law and starting my coaching business, I was actually in a social selling company. And what that taught me was A, that I was 100% sure that I did not want to practice law anymore. And B, that I thoroughly enjoyed building teams, empowering women, getting them together in the same room so they can share all of their knowledge to then help everybody get to the same place faster. That has just always been something that I have loved because I think I've always realized that, yes, I would love to know it all, but I don't know it all. But what I do know is enough people who know enough things that can get a mission accomplished, right? Like, I think there's real power in leaning into, like, I don't have to do it all. And that's been something I've really had to unwind as an attorney, because I think we are fixers. We do know how to do a lot, but we don't know how to do everything, right? And it's hard to admit, like, hey, like, I may need to, like, wave the white flag. But when you empower yourself to just lean into your community and you gather all these women together, it is, like, serious magic happens. I mean, you can't even explain it. I've been to enough masterminds and enough gatherings and retreats with women over not only that, but since then um, to just know that magic happens there. It's like, you don't, you can't even, I can't explain it, but once you are in the room with women like that and your mind is expanded to what is possible and then you bond with them in a way that again, like they just see you anything is possible for your life. And that didn't exist in the law, or at least I couldn't find it. And it certainly didn't exist when I was practicing over a decade ago. And I honestly had a dream about this retreat. <laughs> I had a dream. And then the next day, my husband had a dream. I'm not even kidding. Like I am not this type of like woo woo crazy person, but like my husband was like, that's crazy that you said that I had a dream that we bought a piece of property and you were having retreats for women in the law. I was like, so anyway, that's how this retreat was born. Literally just. Yeah. In a, <laughs> in a dream. So, you know, I talked a lot. I did a, um, I guess it was last week. I did a live on how just ways that we can, you know, integrate creativity and kind of, you know, exercise the right side of our brains. And one of the, one of the tips was like walking in nature and taking a different route, you know, things like that. But it did not include dream work, like leaning into what your dreams are. But I think that that could be, I think we need to stay in tune with those, right? Like don't necessarily write off what our dreams are saying. Like there could be, there could be insights there. So yeah, exactly. It's just kind of evidence trickled along the way that maybe you just kind of like perk up your ears to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with the uh, retreat, do you think that 
like allowing a safe space for the women that will be participating will help kind of facilitate more creative endeavors. Is that part of like what you're hoping for? Yeah, I think by allowing women, especially busy women attorneys to just remove themselves from the hectic life, go to a relaxing environment where there's literally, there's no demands on you. You are here. This weekend is about you. It has nothing to do with where you need to be, what you need to write down and who you need to become. It is, you are here to literally be just a sponge and absorb whatever part of this you need. So I think there's real freedom and just being able to just kind of kind of not check out, but just like kind of clock out of that for a minute and just really attune yourself to that and just have real conversations with someone in a safe space. Right. Like, and then you're also, Hey, you have a podcast. Oh, well tell me about that. And so you're literally the, the people who are there facilitate the magic, if that makes sense, because they're all coming, all these power, we're all powerhouses. Every single female attorney is a powerhouse. She either doesn't know it, or we need to help her identify her superpower, but they come in there with their superpowers and then they all get together in a room and it's like, holy cow. Like, I didn't even know that I was capable of that, but if she can do that, I can do that. One of the things I mentioned last week, um, Aaron was like in terms of ways to kind of stimulate your creativity is to do things out of the ordinary that you might not normally do. Because a lot of times, like we take our the same route every day to work, we go to Starbucks, we get our double, triple mocha latte, and we sit down, we do the exact same routine every single day. And it doesn't, that type of thing doesn't necessarily stimulate creativity, right? But when you, when you kind of when you do something different, like you take the different route, you, I, I say, you go to Dunkin' Donuts instead, instead of Starbucks, if that's your thing, right? Or you do a weekend retreat, whether there's work involved or not, right? That kind of thing can really help um, stimulate your creativity and just getting kind of that jarring, um, you know, that, that jarring kind of cr- like forces you to have a perspective shift on things or more sensory stimulation or kind of like what you're, you're saying, like there's more of a cross pollination of ideas amongst the people there. So I am really excited to see what kind of magic and collaboration comes out of that retreat. So you'll have to, to keep us posted. I really kind of equate it to everyone's going to come in there, just like come out on fire, right? It's like they come in there like a little like smoldering thing. And then they are just like, whoosh. Like that's the creative magic that happens because you are just filled up with like love and everyone's creativity and just all of this. And you just leave like ready to freaking do the dang thing, whatever that means for you. And now you've got the tools and the resources to freaking back you up. So it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Thank you, Susie. Awesome. So Christine, so I want to kind of go to you on this because you have an interesting background. (laughs) I mean, I think we all do like we're all lawyers by training, right? So we are analytical, logically inclined, but you took it to another level because <laughs> you have an engineering background, which yeah. is pretty fascinating to me. And then you, which is like left side of the brain. Like I've worked with engineers. I was a patent lawyer. Like I, 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 I know how you all are. Uh, <laughs> no shade to my, my 
engineers out there, I love you guys. Like you keep our bridges safe, but at the same time, like, you're very, and then you go to law school, right? And you, you, know, you become a lawyer and here you are in a career where you are very actively using a very creative part of your brain. Like you're, you're like, your right side is on fire all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have so much to tell everybody because I'm, I love a conversation about creativity. I feel like creativity is sort of um, the bloodline of my life. I mean, I feel like you, to be creative is to actually be really living. Um, and, and even my mug says create, this is the mug that I use every single day and it says create. And so I have one of my favorite quotes is that creativity is intelligence having fun. And the reason I mentioned that, and that's by uh, Albert Einstein, just to be, you know, give credit. <laughs> um, but you should have um, taken it. <laughs> not from Albert, no. <laughs> um, but it truly, I feel as though, and uh, Susie, you might be able to relate to this because we have these conversations before. You know, the book The Artist's Way okay. promotes that everybody, every single human being has a creative streak within them, but not everybody hones it or taps into it. And some people are told from a very young age that they're not creative or they think that about themselves. And so they never, um, you know, evolve it or never tap into it. And I feel that everybody has a creative streak in them. And it's just a matter of finding how they are creative. And in fact, I think lawyers are very creative um, professionals because there's so much that we do in the legal field that is creative, like what is the claim, the, the, the cause of action we're going to come up with? Sometimes it's a very, it's a reach, you know, battery can be giving somebody something to drink, right? So that in and of itself is very creative. So I, I feel like lawyers are very creative and they do have to be very creative. They have to be creative in the way they interview people in the depositions that they put, because they have to think about when they ask a certain question, what is it they're, they actually have to reverse engineer um, questions so that, that they get to their the answers that they want. So that's a, a method of creativity. Um, so I really feel as though every aspect phase of my life involved some creativity, even though it might be perceived as a very technical background. Of course, the, the, the current um, area that I'm practicing in is the ultimate creative um, profession, if you will. Uh, but I feel like I took the scenic route to get to a very creative industry, but I get to use the skills of being a granular engineer, the skills of being a logical attorney, um, coupled with um, the skills of being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years that I did in between lawyering and um, and my image consulting business that really gave me the compassion that I think Claire was speaking to, the, 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 the nurturing that you want to do for clients. And it brought me here today. It was a scenic route, but it was exactly the route I needed to take to get to tap into my ultimate creativity. I feel as though without creativity, I don't feel alive. And... I feel and 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 it just it's one of those things that energizes me and I don't know if that answered a question but it definitely was stuff I wanted to get out. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you did. Okay. And there you know there's some people that say like you know I thrive creative like with creativity like I'm not sur I can't survive like without having creativity in my life like doing something creative. Right. And I love what you said, Christine, also about um, how we all 
have creativity within us, right? We may not understand it, but the possibility is there for everyone. But we, we don't go out and run a marathon this afternoon, right? We, we exercise or like we train ourselves to get to that point. And I think it's the same thing with creativity. I think that we really have to exercise parts of our brain that maybe we don't exercise as often, that maybe we're just, we do tend to be a little more analytical. And Megan, I would love to ask you about this. And it, it sounds like like you work with people who are transitioning into maybe, maybe more creative careers. I'd love to know more about that and kind of how you help your clients um, realize their creative, uh, I guess, I want to say inclinations, but maybe their um, potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I don't know. I used to have a story that I didn't have a creative bone in my body. And I have heard a lot of other lawyers <laughs> say that. And I think it's just because it's not that we don't, it's that we've been just so focused on the left-brained side of things. And that's what's been rewarded for us that we just sort of, it's like what you were mentioning about not working it out, right? Like we just aren't exercising it. It's not that it doesn't exist. Um, but I find that the people I tend to work with are, you know, they've reached success. They know they, you know, have the job, they're making the money and they feel like they're still kind of a hole in, in what they're doing with their lives. Mm -hmm. And like me, I, there's this kind of calling to create something. And when I say in create doesn't have to be like, I'm an artist per se. Right. It's like, they yeah. just want to put something into the world. They feel a calling yes. to put something into the world that leverages. And is my belief, this is why I call it heart centered businesses. You know, I don't help people go out and like find the hole in the market and like, you know, whatever. I'm like, what does your soul want to bring into this world really? So it's a lot of sort of, some people come in kind of having an inclination. I get a lot of people who come to me sort of maybe with an interest in interior design just because they know that I have that particular background, but it could be anything. And it's really about mining your own foundations. What are your natural strengths? What are your values? What are your interests? What's sort of your life vision? And from that place, what is the thing that you want to put into the world? What feels purposeful for you? Because it's my belief that doing that, putting that kind of thing into the world is your purpose, right? Like it doesn't have to be saving the world, <laughs> you know, it's just showing up and creating something from, from sort of who you really are. And so that's what I, I help you kind of figure out what that might be. And then importantly, give yourself permission to pursue it. And I love hearing Claire's stories about, for some people, maybe that's not completely leaving the law and doing it, but at least giving yourself permission to make space in your life for it, right? And if it's the right thing for you to make it into a full-time career, then to do that. But to really start thinking more creatively about how you incorporate this into your life. And, you know, I think I could go on a whole tirade about this, but, you know, like we live in a world that's like, this is the path. This is how you make money. This is what you do. And I just think we're at a stage where like, let's think more creatively about what, careers look like and what is possible. And so a lot of it is working with people to, to give themselves permission to think that this is a valuable project to work on. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't all have to like create the next like 
Taylor Swift hit, right? We don't have to all like create some magical, beautiful piece of artwork, but as long as we're creating, and I think it's cool that you're have that you're asking your clients, Megan, to kind of think outside the box about what they're what it is they want to do and what like their career can look like because whether you like it or not, we're really at a stage where careers are going to be evolving very, very drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing this with AI being able to do some pretty impressive uh, outputs. I, mm-hmm. I utilize it. And um, the nature of work is going to drastically change and it's going to happen, I'm afraid, um, pretty quickly. And, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I try to be optimistic about the future and technology. I'm optimistic that it will give us more time to work on our creative pursuits, right? Like mm-hmm. rather, you know, maybe Claire can be working on her books. Like maybe she can work on Monday and Tuesday and Tuesdays are the new Fridays and she gets to write <laughs> all the other days of the week. Right. And maybe she comes over to, maybe she uses AI to help her edit stuff. Right. But she can, she can create, she can still create. So yeah. I think it, they both, they both go hand in hand. Yeah, I think AI is a very interesting element being thrown in the mix here because I think, you know, it's not, it's no longer going to be, you know, we're not trading in like knowledge, right? Like the knowledge is there, that's that's out there. So I think this work of figuring out sort of what your unique spark is, what your unique perspective is, what your creative output is, that's going to become sort of the currency, I think, yeah. because that's the thing that can't be replicated by technology. And so I think it's hard to get our heads around because we live in this paradigm where it's like output and, you know, knowledge. And it's just, we're in a shifting world where that's not going to be, it feels so, so clearly the thing that's um, valued right now. And I think we're going to see that change. So mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how AI impacts all industries, but of course, I'm very interested to see how it impacts the legal industry. Yeah, yeah. Erin? <laughs> Am I up? Do I have a question or was that like, who was that? I was just testing you. <laughs> I don't even know where my question. I think I was just kind of thinking about AI because sometimes I do get a little like just I guess starry-eyed in some way. And I'm opt like I said, I'm optimistic. And then sometimes I get kind of freaked out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is this? What does this really mean? Like, are we gonna have what is what are our jobs gonna look like? Right. But like I said, I am very optimistic that we will have more time for creative endeavors. And maybe that's like what I, I want to ask you guys next. Like maybe that's where we go next is how do you find time to integrate creative endeavors into your, your daily life? And what does that look like? So, um, Aaron, no pressure. <laughs> well, I, I think I will first say, um, Megan, I love, and I love that all of y'all have touched on this on some level that creativity doesn't have to be like, this whole like grand thing, like music or dance or like whatever, it can literally just be exactly what Megan said, like what your heart and your soul likes to do. I mean, maybe that is ballet dancing. Maybe you take a piano at 40. I mean, that's awesome. But like literally just 
doing something that your heart desires is like creativity at the smallest level. And the more you start to do it, the more your soul starts to create it. Um, but how do I fit that into my day? I schedule myself into my day. I am a priority. Like, obviously I have lots of other priorities, my children, my family, you know, my job or whatever, but I schedule myself in and I make sure that my cup gets filled because if I am not full, then I cannot be creative or, you know, if I'm tired or if I'm run down or I have, you know, not, you know, spent time with my journal that week or like whatever it is that makes me feel calm and peaceful is then what is able to then output creativity. If I'm feeling hectic and jumbled inside, I cannot be creative. It just stifles everything. And so when I am peaceful, when I am in alignment, then I can be creative. So, and it doesn't have to be anything big. It just has to be the thing that brings you back to center. That's the thing that brings you back to center. And that's how you can fit creativity into every single day. And if you feel like you're just spinning your wheels, you probably are. So let's get out of, you know, get out of your routine, get up, go to the coffee shop. You don't even have to talk to anybody. That's the brilliant thing. I told a client that yesterday. Go to the coffee shop. You don't talk to anybody. You can absorb people's energy. Okay. You don't have to talk to these people. Absorb their energy. Go get back in your car and drive home. And I bet you all the money and wherever we are right now that you will have a creative just, whoop, it'll just like pop out of you. So that's my tip for today. I to love that. Yeah. I love to go. <laughs> or Dr. Donuts, if you always go to Starbucks. Do it, do something different, right? right. Um, but I, I incorporate I incorporate daydreaming because when day when you're daydreaming, you're actually working creatively and you're thinking. Um, and also, I have a morning routine that is fixed, but also uh, varied. So, for instance, yeah. like I have things that I do that are very technical. Like I check my bank accounts every single day. Every single day, I check my bank accounts and I start with that. And then I um, delve into The Artist's Way. Now, The Artist's Way is that book I was mentioning that is about finding your creative genius or exploring it or honing whatever that might be. And um, and I love that. And I read it and I reread it. And I just, it's kind of been a, a journey of journaling, but learning and, and really tapping into the creativity. I love the way the author writes that book. So if, and if any of you don't know the book, you know, um, check it out. Um, and then I do other technical things. Like I actually connect social, on social media in the morning uh, on Facebook and on Instagram, because that is sort of my connection with people and like my sphere of influence and I try and make it creative, but it's also kind of a uh, routine. So, you know, back to what you're saying, Susie, about doing something different. This is sort of my routine, but the routine itself encapsulates different things. I also do, um, I work out in the morning. And so there's, I have a, like a routine yeah. every time the, th the, the, the nuggets of the routine, the buckets kind of shift within themselves. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. Share your screen right now with the world. <laughs> no, but I have seen her calendar, her morning calendar, and it's awesome. Like, because <laughs> you also, you do journal, you yep. do, um, I think you read the Bible, and I think you also, you write also, like you, um, have you been rewriting, like, rewriting? I'm the handwritten copy of the Holy Bible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that is sort of my time spiritually with 
you know, in my faith journey, but that in of itself is, I feel is creative because everything I really do, I try and give it a creative twist because again, for me, being creative is sort of like breathing. I, I, I have to, you know, do that. And maybe it's because I have always seen myself as a creative. I went to engineering school and law school by default I know that's going to sound strange, but because I, no, I you wouldn't believe how many of you are talking about default. Says, girlfriend, you got like half three forces call, girl. I'm telling you. I had a family that if I wasn't a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer, I was not going to be successful. So that's sort of my, it was my default. And then it just became a challenge. Like I was like an engineering school. I'm like, you can't, you don't think I can do that? Of course I'm going to do that anyway and get through it. So um, I went to, to those schools by default and but I was able to find the creative part of it and kind of focus on that and I it, it really contributed to my ability to, to be to do what I do today and, and and be a mom I mean I you know when you educate a woman and this might sound cliche or maybe too much stereotypical but when you educate a woman you educate an entire family um as opposed to educating a man you know he goes out he works whatever but for women we we touch so much we, we touch so many people, whether it's our families, our direct families or other people outside with our creative ability, with our education. Um, so that whole uh, journey of I'm sorry, I, I think I lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> but in, in other words, I went to law school and engineering school by default, but I feel like I cannot live without being creative in every area of life. And I was always a natural born creative, like from being a child, from being a young child, I knew that one day I was going to do something creative for work. So. Yeah. And you honestly have like one of the most creative um, Instagrams that, and I'm not even like an Instagram person, you know, this, I'm just not really on there very much, but I get on there sometimes to see your stuff. (laughs) Like I've got to stop Christine. Um, But I mean, like in terms of creativity, I, I saw like your um, holiday setting for, um, I guess it was for Christmas, like just your table, like you put creativity into everything, like setting the table, right? And getting the food prepared. And so I think that that's a really cool thing to think about too, is like, you know, creativity doesn't have to be sitting down and painting or embroidering or <laughs> whatever, you know, like you can think about how you can integrate creativity in, in many aspects of your life. And it doesn't have to look good. Like it's okay if it's messy. It's this, this is mine and Aaron's conversation, right? Like put it into the world. Like even, even if it's a little, if it's a me- like a messy, like part of the, the journey is what is important. It's not the end product, right? It doesn't matter if the table looks perfect when you're, when you set it, it doesn't matter if the retreat that you have doesn't flow perfectly right the the beauty is in the process of creating something and not necessarily the the, the end result yeah i think and you can say that allowing, allowing yourself that too yeah. like allowing yourself that permission just freaking go for it i mean that just fuels creativity right there yeah sorry megan i didn't mean to interrupt oh you. no no i was just saying i see that a lot of people who i end up working with and i think because this is my story is i'm like I was a lawyer. I worked in higher ed. I did interior design. Now I'm a coach. And it's like, Ooh, am I a total flake? Like what's wrong with me? Right. Or am I just following the creative flow of my career and that's okay. Right. So it's like 
creativity comes in these kind of macro ways too. And the other thing I was going to say is I, I think, I think like when Aaron was talking, well, both Aaron and Christine about sort of being quiet and centering yourself and having these practices, I think that's so important because I think intuition is very tied to your access to your creativity. And so giving yourself time and space to whether it's, you know, a formal meditation practice or like you were saying, Susie, like going for a walk or, you know, when you have these like breakthroughs in the shower, it's just like whatever this is, like take find the quiet time. And that's where you get sort of these intuitive downloads. And I think that often takes you in the direction of your creativity rather than I'm going to write out a 10 step plan and execute it exactly. And it's going to make sense. It's like giving your brain time to just like listen to those little, you know, whispers. Yeah. And don't underestimate the importance of the whispers. Yeah, exactly. I've had a couple of people I talked to this week that I'm like, you know, sometimes the universe whispers and then it yeah. whispers and then it punches you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just starts yelling and then yeah. you're like, yeah, just, you're down. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the universe on your face now. Yeah. Like it's right there. It's on you. Yeah. <laughs> I love what um, Aaron called it also, like it, you're, you're finding kind of your way to center yourself every, every day, right? It's yeah. not like having to sit down and work on a thing, right? It's just finding whatever it is, however you wanted to find it, that kind of helps center yeah. your day. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I think we like to overcomplicate these things and it doesn't have to be like, if you like me, I'm trying to get kids out of the house in the morning. I don't have, I can't do a morning routine right now. And I was trying to like literally fit the square peg in a round hole for like months. And I'm sitting there meditating. I'm like, but I mean, what am I doing? <laughs> so like, I got to fit it in right now. Like that is the opposite of helpful just for everyone yeah. listening. But you know what I mean? Once the sooner I just accepted that that was the season that I'm in mm -hmm. and that I am going to be able, like now what do I need in this season and what can I give myself? considering what my values, priorities, and time frame is in this season, like, what can I give myself? That is like the essence of self-care, right? Like it doesn't have to be complicated. If it's walking outside, just, you know, whatever it is. Driving, driving is my meditation these days because I'm traversing East Texas as an Uber driver in case anyone needs a ride. <laughs> and I think you're absolutely right, Erin, because, you know, even like driving sometimes when I, my kids are little, little, um, I used to not want the radio on when I was alone in the car because I just, I couldn't take any more stimulation. And the other thing that you said that is really, really critical, I think, is sort of, is appreciating the season you're in. Because when I started my business, my youngest was two and I was always torn because I was just kind of letting it organically grow, but I had so many ideas that I wanted to execute. But then I had this two-year-old that I didn't want to miss out on because that was sort of my first job, my priority. But I took this, uh, attitude that I need to appreciate the season I'm in. I am the mother of a two-year-old who's letting her business grow organically without executing every single idea at the moment, not yet. Um, so that is really, really important for us, uh, women to really know in general. Yeah. And don't fight your season of life, like just embrace it and appreciate it. Right. Like you're in a season of life right now, Aaron, where you have two young girls and one of these days and it'll happen so, so fast. They won't be so young anymore. And you know, you're going to be like, I wish they would call me more and ask me for help. Right. You know, then you, that's a different season of life. So, um, you know, just embrace it where you are and, you know, work on the creativity where it works for you guys. Okay. I want to do one final thing before 
we wrap up today, um, I would love each of you to just give a one like little nugget of creativity advice and let people know where they can find you. So let's, I'll go in reverse order. So we will start with Aaron. Okay. Awesome. This, this is my tip to everyone. Find your walk song, your pop-up song, whatever it is, blast that thing in the car, blast it in your office, dance while no one's watching. I don't care if you feel like an idiot. It will be the best, most fun release ever. And you will feel so creative and on fire to go do something like mine is unstoppable. And I mean, if anyone rolled up on me in the car singing that they would think that I'd lost my mind, but that is my one tip and turn off the radio while you're driving. Just turn it off. You've got 15 or more minutes to drive, turn off, or even I don't care. Just turn off the radio and sit in silence and just become aware and listen to your thoughts and see what comes up. Don't judge them. You know, just see what comes up. It's all information. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Erin Gurner, um, G-E-R-N-E-R. Um, same thing on LinkedIn, www.erengurner.com. Um, you can find me. But yeah, and if you need um, information for the retreat, you can find it on there too. So yeah, we've got a couple spots left and we'd love to have you. Erin, um, thank you so much. Of course, I was going to ask you what your song was. Is that is that the Sia song? Is it the one by Sia? Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your um, creativity and your brilliance. I'm so happy that you, you hung out with us today. Thank you for having so me. So let's go with Claire. Yeah, I, I think in terms of creativity, um, every everything, I think my, my habits in life that are the most important to me, I think all started super small. Um, I started meditating at one minute a day because uh, that's all I could do. Uh, when I started getting back in, back into working out, I started doing walks around my block and slow flow yoga because that's all I could handle. And I started writing. Um, I was uh, I did a blog uh, a blog uh, program uh, a while ago where I wrote one blog post a month, and I remember worrying that I could do that. Um, and it just grows over time. So, in terms of your question about how do you make time for it, I think the first thing is to start real small with it and see where it takes you. Um, but you'll never go anywhere if you don't even start small. Um, so, um, and along with that, I would say like, as much as you can show your work and get it out there. I think one of the best things that I had going for me um, from a creativity standpoint is that I'm a huge overthinker and I had to publish stuff where I couldn't let it go in my mind. Um, and so it was this great blessing because it got my name out there. People started to recognize it. I became connected to all these other creative people that inspired me to, to keep going. Um, so it's, it's just huge. Do not hide your stuff. I mean, do it as long as you need, but then get it out there and show some people because it'll make a huge difference. Um, but in terms of finding me, uh, you can find me at, on LinkedIn at Claire E. Parsons. Um, and also Brilliant Legal Mind is on WordPress as well as LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. Put your stuff out there. And the more you practice your creativity, the more like it, I feel like the more you do creative things, the more creative you can become. It's not like you have a finite well of creative ideas. So yeah, and <laughs> you'll get faster and you'll get faster and more efficient too. You'll learn how to do it better. Yeah, that's cool, right? That you can actually get better at being creative. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Um, I think my advice would be sort of what you alluded to is just 
do it messy. Like just follow your curiosity and throw some spaghetti at the wall. Like when I started sort of in this part, I, I took a voiceover class. I took a, a, like a graphic design class. I took a photography class. I started a travel blog. I started a podcast. I didn't, you know, I, you don't necessarily know like where your creative energy wants to go unless you sort of give it some try. So don't overthink it or have to have such a plan. Just do it messy and try things and like give yourself the space to play. Cause I think that's where your natural inclinations are going to, are really going to come out. Um, and to find me, uh, you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. It's Megan Smiley ESQ. Website is megansmiley.com. And if you want to check out my podcast, it's the lawyer's escape pod. Escape pod. I love that. (laughs) So, yeah, I think, um, I think you make some, some really important points here. Like attorneys, like we want to plan everything, (laughs) right? Like I need to create, I need to plan my creative time. Like what am I going to make? Like what am I going to do? Right. But like, I'm plan to be spontaneous. I'm gonna plan to be spontaneous. <laughs> like, this is my spontaneous time between three and five o'clock every oh, yeah. Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how we are. I mean, it's a big generalization, but yeah. but yeah. yeah. So, Christine, we'll wrap it up with you. Okay. So uh, I would say don't underestimate the power of daydreaming when you're being creative. You know, I think sometimes we just need sort of that pause, the quiet, the sitting outside in a great uh, place just to daydream, which is that quiet time that many do through meditation or through just taking a walk or a hike or whatnot, however it is that you do and you do it and how you daydream. I think that Also, I want to add that creativity to me isn't only intelligence having fun, but it's also, um, and and maybe I've read this somewhere and it's stuck with me, is that um, it's, it's it's the ability to take the things that are seemingly unrelatable and connect them. And I feel as though... Um, that is the ultimate creativity, right? Somebody who is really has honed their creative ability can do that. Um, and uh, I would say that if if for the audio, if anybody's listening to this out there, and whoever, and maybe um, the ladies on the panel, the artist way, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but if you aren't, pick up the book. It is sort of like a study guide uh, journey through really tapping into your creativity, recommending it for people at a retreat or using it at at a retreat is just, it it can be very, very powerful. And um, finally, the way you can find me is I am on Instagram at the Jade House. It's jade.houseofstyle. My website is uh, jadehouseofstyle.com. I also have a podcast that I started during the pandemic because people weren't dressing head to toe, but rather head to waist called Waste Up Wardrobe. And um, it's everything about how to show up professionally on camera, including not only how you dress, but your attitude, your mindset, um, everything about entrepreneurship. And uh, I'm recording episode 132 tomorrow live. It's live every Thursday at 1130 on Facebook. So I hope to connect with you ladies on Instagram and other platforms as well. Thank you, Susie, for having me. Thank you for being here. Christine um, helped me with my background. And it like you should see the before picture and after picture. She uses it was so bad before she uses me as a before picture. So that's <laughs> that's when you know, on my website. <laughs> that's when you know you're winning, right? When you're being used as the before the before picture. 
for someone's before and action and after. But Christine, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. All of you all, Claire, Megan, Aaron, I've loved getting to speak with you. Brilliant brains about creativity. Um, this is such a fun, I think that this is such a fun topic. And I think that we sort of overlook um, the importance of allowing creativity in our in our lives. So thank you all so much for being here. And if you enjoyed the show and you would like to stay updated on future Legally Bliss content, including, including where we go live right here in the conference room, make sure you hit the subscribe button and that little bell so you don't miss any content around how to become a more fierce and fabulous self-advocate and um, how you can become a fierce and um, fabulous advocate for other women lawyers. So also feel free to share this episode if you think someone um, would find it of value. And again, I'd like to thank each of you for your unique brilliance. Um, and thank you all so much for watching and I'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Blissed. If you love listening to this episode as much as we loved producing it for you, be sure to share this episode with two or three female attorneys who inspire you. And of course, be sure to find me on Instagram. Just follow Susie Hickson. That's S-U-Z-I-H-I-X-O-N. I'll see you next time.